Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Thiessen. This episode brought to you by CBS News Radio Connect, backed by the credibility of CBS News, the Connect Select team puts together lifestyle and entertainment content for music stations that's so fresh it hasn't yet started trending. Learn more at MomentumMediaNetworks.com. Hi there, I'm Peter Mansbridge, and this is The Bridge. Catchy name, right? George Strombolopoulos gave me the name The Bridge. Strombo, that's right. He gave me the label many years ago, so I've always thought if I'm ever going to do a podcast, well, I'm going to call it The Bridge. So The current Canadian federal election is the first since former CBC chief correspondent Peter Mansbridge retired at the end of 2017. Mansbridge launched his own independent and self-produced podcast, The Bridge, earlier this month that offers a nightly look at election developments, drawing from his five decades covering national politics. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, we talk to Mansbridge about election 43, taking the temperature of Canadians, and the joys of semi-retirement. Hi there, it's Peter Mansbridge. I'm the host of the podcast, The Bridge. Some of you may remember that I used to work for the CBC for, uh, well, Pretty well, 50 years, the last 30 of which I was hosting The National on CBC Television. Uh, I retired about two years ago. I'm doing a number of things. I do documentaries. I sit on a number of boards. I teach at the U of T. Uh, I give a lot of speeches. And uh, I decided that I wanted to start a podcast for the election campaign. It's not a long-term thing. It's more of a short-term project, at least uh, for the moment. And so that's why I started The Bridge. So obviously this is the first federal election campaign since your semi-retirement. How did this podcast project come about? Did you feel like you were going to have a major case of FOMO, Peter? I don't know if you know what that is. (laughs) Fear of missing out? (laughs) A little bit, although the CBC wanted me to get involved uh, in some of their coverage. So I'm involved uh, a little bit as an analyst on on some of the bigger shows. I was involved on the day the election was called. I'll be involved on election night and probably the debates. I'm also doing a documentary on the election where I've been traveling around the country, trying to get a a sense of the pulse of the nation, sort of what people are thinking about what what issues concern them. But having said all that, I was, you know, I've obviously, like many people, uh, am quite interested in the podcast format. And I, you know, I listen to a number of podcasts um, on, on my free time, especially when I'm driving. We live in Stratford, Ontario. It's about an hour and a half from Toronto. Uh, but we're back and forth uh, in Toronto. We have a small apartment here as well. So in that hour and a half, I listen to, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So the idea was to, uh, to do something and to do it myself. The CBC had asked me if I'd be involved in doing a podcast for them, but I really wanted to try something independent of the CBC, independent of a uh, number of sponsors who were also interested in sponsoring a podcast by me. I wanted to just do this one on my own. So I, you know, kind of bought the equipment I'd need. I set up a little uh, studio in, my, uh, in our condo in Toronto 
and uh, my son, who's going to the University of Toronto, has <laughs> has helped me uh, sort of running the controls on occasion. A lot of our audience are broadcasters or former broadcasters, and I'm sure they're interested in your process. Are you sitting at the kitchen table? Uh, how much time are you spending on these? Because they sound very pure. It sounds, you know, like you sitting down and just getting off your chest whatever your thoughts are for the day. Well, that's the uh, that's kind of the object of the game for me. I, I, I'm trying to just make it as natural as possible. The first couple uh, I did were kind of pretty formatted, but I've got into the rhythm now of just basically, you know, ad-libbing anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes uh, on a nightly basis, uh, at least Monday to Friday. Uh, and uh, I do, I just sit at a table in my, uh, you know, it's, it's my office in the condo, but it, I kind of converted it to a, a studio by um, acquiring the basic podcast gear. So, I mean, I can, you know, obviously do it just solo or I can have a guest or I can have a couple of guests. I've got, I've got the equipment to, uh, to handle that. I can also talk to people on the phone if I, I, I want to do that as well. But it, it's very kind of laid back, uh, not quite the kitchen table, but close to it. You're traveling around the country taking the temperature of Canadians during the election, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Do you want to talk about some of the places you'll be going and, the, and more about the documentary project that you're working on concurrently? Well, they're actually the same thing. The the documentary is the uh, we haven't titled it yet, but it 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 is something along the lines of you know the mood of the nation by listening to the nation. I mean, I came up with this idea because of all the election campaigns I've covered, and I've been involved in our coverage of every campaign, the CBC's coverage of every campaign back to 1972, and all of those campaigns, the issues are kind of dictated by the parties, and then the media sort of runs around following them, uh, or they're dictated by, you know, journalists sitting in a boardroom in Toronto or Vancouver or wherever it may be and saying, these are the issues we should, we should track. What I'm trying to do with this is let the people tell me what the issues are. So I literally sit down like, you know, last weekend I was in Hope, uh, British Columbia and Harrison Hot Springs, British Columbia. I went to uh, a stock car race in in Hope and the the, uh, kind of fall fair that takes place there. And the idea was to sit down in a little, you know, one of those little tents like a booth. And people just came by and they sat with me and I said, what's on your mind? Tell me. What do you think are the issues? What should be the issues? And... They were great when I saw we did that in Hope, and Harrison Hot Springs, did it in the Kelowna. This past weekend, I was in a small community outside of Hamilton, Ontario, where there was a rodeo going on. The places I'm going to, I'm trying to go to places where there's an event of some kind where a lot of people are attracted to that spot because of the event, not because I'm there. In fact, they don't even know I'm there. I just... You know, I'm I'm next to the face painting booth. You know, it could, it could be anywhere. And they sit down and start talking. And the idea is instead of, you know, trying to tell them what the issues are, is is listen and hear what they think the issues are. And so at the end of all this traveling around, we'll put it all together into some uh, one-hour format, and it'll run on uh, CBC Television and uh, CBC News Network. 
I know you're getting a lot of mail from Canadians who've been listening to the podcast. Are you getting mm. any interesting impressions of the tone of public sentiment? You read a letter uh, last Friday that referenced the increasing level of distrust of media. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that's emerged that maybe is different, particularly in the social media landscape, than maybe other elections? People are, are you know, I don't want to overgeneralize and I haven't been everywhere yet, but I, there, there is a, no matter which part of the country I've been in so far, there is a strain of people who are saying everything's too nasty right now. And whether it's in what's coming out of the leaders' mouths about each other or whether it's coming out of what's on social media, there's a nasty feeling about stuff. We want to talk about the issues, they say. And what are we getting back in return? We're getting people you know, crapping on each other. And that's not helpful in the big picture at a time when there are issues that need to be discussed. So there, there is definitely some of that there. And mixed in on that is this issue about the media and how, how fair is the media, how unbiased is the media. All this coming at a time where there's, there are questions about trust in the media. And, you know, I was seeing it in the, in the final years that I was working at the National. It's even more, um, more obvious now where people are unsure about what, whether or not they're getting the truth, whether or not they're getting the real story. There's always been an element of that, but it seems uh, greater today than I've ever seen it before. Can you recall a time when we were in such a polarized climate there doesn't seem to be any, you know, middle ground. Yeah, I mean, the short answer to your question is no, I can't recall a time where things have been as polarized as they are now. That's not to say that we haven't gone through election campaigns in the past where issues have polarized the nation. I mean, 88 was, the, I guess, the, the biggest example because of the free trade debate. I mean, you were either for it or against it, and it became the single dominant issue in the, in that campaign. So there were, you know, things were polarized, but they were around an issue. Now they seem often to be polarized around character and about personality. And I'm, I'm not sure that's, that's a healthy way to look at our, our politics. It certainly doesn't encourage good people to get into politics. I mean, I, what I've witnessed so far in the, you know, in the, in the opening uh, couple of weekends are some pretty harsh things that are said about all the leaders from different people. And they're personal as opposed to uh, issue-based. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to suggest everybody's acting that way, but there are more than the normal number. number. Uh, and, and, and these are people who seem to have, you know, really actually spent some time thinking about their feelings. It's an interesting time, and it is unlike anything that I've witnessed before. Do you have any bold predictions for the outcome of the election? (laughs) No, I learned a long time ago not to get into that. I mean, what I think is interesting for us is that it, it seems, if you believe polls, and I have my issues about polls, but if we assume that most of these polls are, are, are accurate to within a few points, then things are very close. 
any number of different possibilities exist in how and uh, how this uh, election could turn out who could win um including this uh, situation where you know a, a party could have more votes than the other but less seats it's happened before it's happened a number of times but it's not the norm and it'll uh, it'll raise once again the whole issue of uh, of electoral reform so peter i'm sure a lot of people are interested to know how semi-retirement is suiting you. Are you still eating, <laughs> sleeping, and breathing news? <laughs> um, less than I used to. I mean, it's kind of busy through the election campaign. There's no question about that. But I've loved doing documentaries. I'm, I'm contracted with the CBC to do two one-hour documentaries a year, which doesn't sound like a lot, but one-hour documentaries involve a lot of work and uh, often a lot of travel. Most of them have been big picture international events. I did one on the future of war earlier this year, which uh, was actually very well received on a lot of fronts, including outside of Canada. For the most part, I'm also finding time to enjoy my uh, uh, post-retirement life. Um, I love to golf. I love the outdoors. Um, and I love to travel, and I'm getting uh, I'm getting lots of all of that. Where can people listen to the podcast if they haven't done that yet? Pretty well any of the uh, any of the platforms that they're used to. I mean, it's on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher, and you know you can find it uh, in any number of places. And if you know you can't find it uh, on the first go around, just go to my website, thepetermansbridge.com. And you can uh, sign up right there to uh, whichever platform you want, and away you go. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Connie. It's been a treat. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.